and gals and welcome back to the we love horror podcast the podcast where we talk about everything and anything horror i am michael and today i am joined by a very dear friend and special guest sydney from the spooky tuesday podcast how are you hi i'm doing good also i just want to say that you look incredible right now thank you Thank you. I think you look incredible right now because, and I'm so glad, can I also say, I'm so glad that you were willing to like do this like cosplay thing with me because I think I messaged you like a couple weeks back when I wanted to do this episode with you. And I was like, would you be willing to dress up like the characters in the movie? And you were like, so game for it. And I was like, yes. Well, it's a thing that we do on our podcast quite frequently. Mostly it's my co-host, Monica, who is queen of the dress up. But I was like, you know what? I've been asked, so I will do it. (laughs) (laughs) You will deliver and deliver you did because you look fucking amazing. Um, I kind of feel bad for the listeners that aren't going to be able to see the video version of this because I am going to put a video version out, obviously. But you are giving us major Bobby Lynn realness right now. And I love it. I love every minute of it. And um, I am giving Maxine Minks realness right now. So with my little overalls, I found these at uh, Old Navy yesterday, actually. Honestly, they should become a staple in your everyday wardrobe because you wear them. And the blue eyeshadow. Thank you. It's a moment right now. (laughs) Thank you. Well, and I was like, I even asked you before we recorded, I was like, is this too much? Because like, it doesn't look too crazy. Because like, I have really deep set eye sockets. So it's like, for me, like, I feel like if I was just to put it on my eyelids, you would not even be able to tell it's wearing makeup at all. So I went all the way up here, (laughs) all the way around my eyes. So I was like, I probably look like I'm insane, but it's fine. I mean, we're talking about a horror movie. So why not? go go. absolutely balls to the wall insane there we go there we go exactly um (laughs) but yeah you look gorgeous today thank you for coming on the episode um you and I have gotten pretty close like I feel like we talk almost on the daily so I was like I know and I love every second of it me too um but um like so excited to talk about this movie too I know because you just saw it last night for the first last time. night for the first time and I know you've seen this movie what four, four times, times? <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah I've seen I've seen it a few times yeah uh, but that's just how much I love this movie so I don't blame you quite honestly it's a fun one right <clears throat> this movie was I I like I knew the basic premise but I had no idea what I was getting into and I also realized that I've never seen a Ty West movie before I have um but like for a long time I didn't realize that it was the same person if that makes sense like I think (laughs) like I had seen House of the Devil um I had seen The Sacrament but I didn't realize that The Sacrament and The House of the Devil were the same director until like Mm -hmm. 
when the sacrament came after the sacrament came out and then i started following his work more closely but then i didn't also realize that he's in your next as well he plays um you know the guy that gets the arrow in the head at the dinner table the one that's like that's ty west he's like so it's very it's a very meta role because he's playing a filmmaker in that movie too so i was like that's hilarious (laughs) yeah love when movie people are smart you know I know when they're like, I'm just going to poke fun at myself here. It's, you know, it's truly the best. It is. Um, (laughs) But uh, before we get into the, you know, the TNA of everything, as, as I should say, because, you know, this is a very uh, TNA oriented episode. (laughs) Um, Would you like to uh, plug yourself in, kind of tell the listeners, um, you know, a little bit about yourself where they can find So I'm one third of the podcast Spooky Tuesday. I we do I do it with my two best friends, Monica and Chelsea. You can follow us on social media at spooky underscore Tuesday. Uh on Instagram. Oh, Monica does all the socials. Instagram and Twitter at Spooky Tuesday or like Spooky Tuesday Pod. Oh, they're gonna be so mad at me. Um, and we are on all you know, streaming services for the podcast. Uh, But we talk about all of our horror movies, spooky movies. Uh, Recently, we covered a not super spooky movie, but we're like, you know what? We can do whatever we want. It's our podcast. Exactly. um, But we, you know, we love including like Matthew Lillard and finding like roles for him, like where he could fit in we love figuring out how we can make horror movies gayer which um horror movies in general i think are pretty gay but we like making them incredibly (laughs) gay (laughs) and uh new movies or new episodes come out every tuesday you know hence the name spooky tuesday that's clever i love that it gives the listeners the name, but also when their podcast is coming out. Very when, when to figure out, be like, hmm, I wonder what day of the week new episodes <laughs> comes out. Definitely Wednesday. Definitely not Wednesday. It comes out on Tuesdays. I love it. And I, I just have to say, Sydney, I love your guys' podcast so much. Um, I think all of you are fucking hilarious. Like the episodes that I listen to, I just like... I laugh out loud to myself sometimes at work and people give me the weirdest looks and I'm just like, you guys are missing out on this like Thank masterpiece you. of a podcast. Cause I really, really love you guys. Um, you guys have always been like super supportive of me. Um, so I just appreciate you guys. I'm, I'm really excited to have you on. Um, so yeah, everybody, please go check out the Spooky Tuesday podcast because they are a phenomenal bunch of ladies. So <laughs> we try, we are three beautiful idiots. Your dog is, your dog dog agrees. (laughs) She does. She's like, yeah, they're. (laughs) She endorses the Spooky Tuesday (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, what have you been uh, watching, reading, doing the last couple weeks? Uh, I mean, obviously, aside from watching the movie that we're talking about today, what else have you been watching? Uh, We just watched Fresh for Mm. our podcast. which that movie truly gives me the heebie-jeebies as a woman in, you know, who is a single woman who just tries to date anybody. Um, yeah. So if you haven't seen that on Hulu, I 
highly recommend watching that. Um, I watch a lot of Top Chef. It is my go-to. There's a new season on, so I'm slowly catching up with that and just watching all the ones. And I've been watching a lot, uh, a bunch of Vincent Price movies, like the old school ones. Very good choice. Uh, I like a good black and white horror movie. There's something creepy about them. Like there's just something, and maybe it's just because they're black and white. I don't know, but there's just something creepy. Uh, I was watching House on Haunted Hill, like his like OG, like, like that one. And they have the black and white version, which is the only one I'd have ever seen. Uh, But the colored version is the one that's streaming free on Amazon. And I was like, okay, I'll watch this Uh, mistake. Huge (laughs) mistake. Don't watch the colored version. Like you have to stick to the original black and white it is just so much better it is it is good but I also really like the color one and that might that might come for me from like a sense of nostalgia because I remember that was one of the first movies I watched when I was a young kid and (gasps) that movie scared the living shit out of me like it's so scary like actually yeah I'm like okay for the 50s like that had like people had to be shitting bricks in theaters (laughs) watching it right can't imagine what it would have been like to be around like when like Psycho and Texas Chainsaw Massacre first came out and Halloween like how scary those movies were right that's something that I that I wish that I could experience is like watching all of the like great like horror movies back in the day because I don't know now I just feel like really jaded with everything so like it takes so much to scare me with like a horror movie that I'm just like could you imagine what it would have been like in the 50s the 60s the 70s like when all of this stuff like I'm I'm waiting now like what's gonna be the new thing that's gonna actually be scary um as far as as far as I'm concerned I watched, um, I started watching The Girl from Plainville. I don't know if you've heard of that. Oh, it's the one, the new one with Elle Fanning, right? Is it On, good? It's really good. It's, in the case okay. itself is fucking insane. Cause like I had, he- I'd heard about it when it first happened. Um, but like, I, I mean, I didn't really, like, I kind of forgot about it because it happened back in 2014 is when this whole thing happened. So it was like, I had kind of forgotten about it. And then when the show came on, I was like, that looks familiar. And I was like, oh yeah, it's about that case. And basically for the listeners that don't know, I'll just go through a little brief run through real quick. It's about a girl that met this, met this guy and she basically coerced, coerced him into killing himself and then like tried to make it seem like she had no involvement whatsoever. But then, you know, obviously- True crime. Uh, she didn't realize that they can, you know, trace messages. Which, like, what a fucking dumb bitch. There are things called phone records that people like, can... <laughs> I, I mean, I didn't know that was a thing. She gets the dumb bitch award. She, she gets does. the dumb bitch award. <laughs> but I, I highly recommend it. I really do. Um, Elle Fanning is really great in this. Um, and when you look at the actual girl... Um, I was actually kind of surprised they didn't cast. Um, oh my gosh, she's Cara a- Delvine. Yes, thank you. Because ex- I thought exactly they looked very like her. similar. 
But Elle Fanning, like in the preview, like does look very much like her. Oh, very so much, yeah. I was debating on whether I should start it, but now I'm definitely going to take a Top Chef break and <laughs> start this one. Yeah, because I think it's only got four episodes so far. I think what Hulu does is I think they release the first three episodes because that's what they did with um, The Dropout, which is another show I've been watching. Mm. Also very great based on like a true case as well. Uh, has Amanda Seyfried in it. She's amazing. I'm a. This is an Amanda Seyfried stan account right here. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> Anything she's in, I'm like all for it. Um, obviously, I watched X multiple times <laughs> um and then uh as far as like other movies go I watched Fresh as well recently um I really enjoyed it I thought it was a really good movie um I also watched last night I watched uh The Vigil which I had heard about um it's about like a Jewish it's like about a like a Jewish guy that ends up going and watching because they have like this uh tradition I can't remember what exactly it's called in Shiva. Yeah, where they have to watch over somebody that dies. Mm -hmm. And they like, you sit Shiva for like a certain number of days, like after a loved one has passed. No, ma'am, you won't pay me enough to do that. I'm not sitting (laughs) in a room with a dead body for, no, thank you. (laughs) Um, That movie was interesting. I'd have to watch it again, but I liked it for the most part. So I would recommend it. Um, okay. it has like that tone and atmosphere that like an A24 film would have. I don't think it's an A24 film, but it kind of gives that vibe <clears throat> very under the skin, very creepy visuals, stuff like that. So that was a good one. Um, as far as things that I'm, I've been reading, I actually don't read very much. I know I need to read more. I'm, I'm on That's the same. How- yeah. I'm on the same way wavelength as you Sydney right now. I'm like, I need to read more, but you know, whatever. <laughs> right. Like after somebody asks you, what have you been reading? And you're just like, uh, the last thing that I read was that uh, uh, Blue Alien Smut <laughs> book. So I'm like, oh shit, maybe I should start reading more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, I started reading uh, Down the Rabbit Hole. I think that's what it's called. It's a memoir by Holly Madison. She was one of the Playboy oh, I bunnies. I love her. Yeah. It's very um, enlightening, I will say that she's basically kind of exposing certain things that went on while she was there at the mansion so it was like very interesting I'm all about that kind of stuff you know she knows things oh oh for sure and then like Like, you'll never watch she's got the tea oh yeah and then you'll never watch uh the girls next door the same again (laughs) I don't know if you ever watched that show when it was out but I think there were like three or four oh I was absolutely obsessed with Me that too. show in middle school, which like had no business, but also like, <laughs> yeah, I, I truly can't believe that we were just allowed to like wear copious amounts of Playboy merch I back know, in right? like middle school, early high school. And everybody was like, that's fine. This is normal. <laughs> this is the uh, thing. This is what we do guys. Yeah. That's a great book. I recommend that for anybody that's like into that kind of stuff. Like I love it when celebrities release like tell all books. I think I like eat that shit up. I'm like, yes, please tell me all the dark, disturbing secrets that went on behind this shit. There's a a podcast called like celebrity (laughs) memoir book club or something like that, Mm. that I've been listening to a lot recently. And they take like celebrity memoirs and just do like an hour plus like 
episodes, like going through them. Incredible. So if that counts as me reading, uh, <laughs> I guess I've read a decent amount of celebrity memoirs recently. <laughs> oh God, I love it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's all I've been reading and watching and all that stuff. So all good things too. Yeah. Yeah. All, all things I recommend to everybody that's listening to this and to you as well, Sydney. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts on girl from Plainville when you start it though. Oh, trust me. I'll be like, these are my thoughts. I will immediately text you. <laughs> yes. It's great. You'll, I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, and Elle Fanning is fucking unhinged in this show. I was watching her and I was like, holy shit. She is scary. <laughs> like some of the stuff that like some of the scenes that are in this show, I'm just like, holy shit she is un- mentally mentally unwell she got some issues yeah <laughs> mental illness is what i say it's mental illness <laughs> it's love mental it's illness. fine <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> um but uh yeah i mean i think i think we covered everything we needed to color cover for the intro so would you like to get into the film that we're talking about today, Sydney? Oh my God, yes, 100%. I've got all my notes ready. I am (laughs) so excited. Yes. So the film we are talking about today, listeners, is X. Uh, It came out in 2022. Actually, this month or this past month it came out. Uh, It has an IMDb score of 7.3 out of 10. And the synopsis for this film is, in 1979, a group of young filmmakers set out to make an adult film in rural Texas, but when their reclusive elderly hosts catch them in the act, the cast find themselves fighting for their lives, which it's pretty, pretty good synopsis. I think that tells everybody what they need to know. (laughs) What it's going to happen without giving anything away. Yes. (laughs) Because... Uh, you know, I, I didn't watch the trailer for this, but I like somebody like kind of told, basically told me the synopsis. Yeah. I was not prepared for what actually happens in this movie. It was yeah. not, I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a, it's so fun. It's such a fun movie. Um, but yeah. Uh, before we uh, before we get into like the actual movie, um, I just want to go down the line and talk about like the people that are in it, all that stuff. Uh, so it was written, directed, and edited. I forgot to put that in the um, oh. in the outline, but it was also edited by Ty West, and he's no stranger to the horror genre. He's done plenty of horror films at this point. Uh, he did The House of the Devil, uh, Cabin Fever Two, The Innkeepers. Uh, he did one of the segments of VHS, The Second Honeymoon. Uh, he also did a segment in the ABCs of Death, The Sacrament, uh, one episode of Scream, the TV series, and one episode of The Exorcist. And he's done a lot of other stuff, but I kept it like mostly horror related stuff for this. Um, it stars Mia Goth as Maxine, and she's known for Nymphomaniac Volume 2, A Cure for Wellness, Suspiria, Marrow, and Marrowbone. Those are the ones that I know her notably from. Uh, Brittany Snow. <clears throat> I'm a Brittany Snow Queen. stan queen yeah seriously i've i've been following britney snow since i was like in middle school which is crazy to me like i've been watching her career just like my whole life practically i I, like i love that she is in this and i was a little skeptical of about her being in it at first but she was i like 
she in this movie, I think is the like standout star. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think her and Mia Goth, I think all three of the women in this movie are just fucking knockouts. And like, they all have yes. great uh, things about them in this film. Um, but yeah, Brittany Snow is Bobby Lynn, which is what the beautiful Miss Sydney is dressed up like today. <laughs> uh, she's known for Prom Night, uh, Would You Rather, John Tucker Must Die, The Pitch Perfect Franchise, Hairspray, The Pacifier, and... This is a little well, not super well-known film, but I put this on there because it's actually one of my, one of my favorite, like not very known films, which is 96 minutes. And I don't know if you've seen that, Sydney. I haven't. It's, it's, I think it's pretty good. It's basically about like, um, this like shooting that happens, like her and her friend get like held at gunpoint and kind of like, it's like, kind of like a thing. I don't know. It's hard to explain because it goes back and forth between timeline stuff, but I, I recommend it. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, okay. Jenna Ortega. Jenna Ortega. I hear people saying Jenny Ortega and that drives me crazy because like I was questioning myself for a long time. I was like, am I saying it wrong? I'm like, is it Jenny? So I went and checked and I was like, no, it's Jenna. So no, it's Jenna. Our <laughs> budding scream queen too. Yes. Like she's, she's getting she's it. She's making moves. Which is crazy because when I looked at her um, IMDB thing, she's been doing stuff since like 2012. I mean, small stuff, but like nobody really talked about her until like this past year, like yes. when she was in like the new babysitter movie, um, the fallout, uh, you, she's in you. Um, she's in a lot of great things. Scream five. Think, oh, she was incredible in scream five, but I think yeah. you, like when she was in you, I think that kind of got people talking, like, talking. And then she did scream five and people were like, Oh, bet. Scream queen. <laughs> and she she was so good in this movie. She was. She's she's phenomenal. Like there's that we'll get to that scene later, but that scene when she screams in the basement, chills. Scream queen. Full body Scream chills. That queen. Like holy shit. <laughs> um Martin Henderson is Wayne and he's been around for a while. I know him from The Ring, uh The Strangers Do it. This man, aged so incredible. This man, mm. like, incredible. Aged like a fine wine. Like a wine. fine wine, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like fine wine, yes. He is He is something in this movie, God. Um, he's in The Stranger's Prey at Night, Pride and Prejudice, and Smoking Aces. He's in a lot more, but I had to keep it down to a minimum. <laughs> um, Kid Cudi is Jackson, which I'm a big Kid Cudi fan. I love his music. Um, I didn't put him down as anything that he's in just because it's mostly music video stuff I was gonna say this is his like acting debut right like I think it was his horror film debut I, I think he's done some movies before this um but this was his first horror movie and he was incredible in this movie quite frankly yeah yeah and then uh the last person that I want to um talk about is Owen Campbell as RJ and quite honestly the first time I saw this movie, I literally thought it was, uh, I forget what his name is, something Tucci, I think. But he's the one that's in the Evil Dead remake. He, they look exactly like each other. The one that, uh, the one that's in the Evil Dead remake that reads from the book with the glasses. Oh, who is that? I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but like the guy that plays RJ in this movie, 
I thought they were the same person. I was like, good oh. for him. But it's not. It's a different person. But uh, <laughs> unfortunately not. Yeah. Um, and I didn't put anything down for Owen Campbell just because I kind of wanted to like kind of get like the main actors out of the way. And he's been in more like TV stuff that I saw that I don't really watch. So I was like, you know, not to discredit, not to discredit these people that are in this movie. They're all fucking great. Like everybody. In here's this the movie. thing. RJ's the worst. We don't need to spend that much time on it. <laughs> We'll get into that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, the box office. Uh, so the opening weekend in the U S and Canada was 4.2 million. Uh, the total gross in U S Canada in Canada is uh 9.7 million. And then the worldwide is 10.3. And I don't know if that's going to, obviously that might change because I think it's still in theaters right now. So that's just the numbers that I pulled up for now. So um it is definitely still in theaters because i watched it yesterday <laughs> yes that was a dumb that was, uh, you answered my question that was a stupid question yeah <laughs> um so i've got some fun facts here that i thought would be fun um so for uh the first one is the day after x south by southwest premiere writer director ty west revealed during pre-production for this film he had used his time during a mandatory two-week quarantine in his hotel to write a prequel pearl as the production for X wrapped and also because the sets were already constructed, he asked star Mia Goth if she wished to remain in New Zealand and film Pearl, uh, which she steadily ex- or which she readily accepted. I wish I would have known that there was a post-production credit. Post-credit? To it. I'm, I'm, I forgot to tell you that too. I'm so sorry. I, I forgot to mention too, that. Like, who expects a post-credit like superhero scene in a <laughs> horror movie? Like that is. I know. Like, but I was reading about it and it is supposed to like follow Pearl and Howard mm-hmm. who are, uh, spoiler, I guess, the big baddies of yes. this movie, uh, of them when like they're younger and how they got their start. Yeah. And I'm just like, <clears throat> okay, I guess it'll be. <laughs> It will be interesting to kind of see a scary movie set against kind of like the World War One yeah. backdrop. I think that's going to be like very interesting. For sure. But um, I don't know how I feel about uh, Pearl and Howard backstory, you know? I'm pretty excited about it. Um, And I think they have like a obviously not a very good quality version of it because somebody filmed it from the theater. So there is a version of it that you can watch the trailer on YouTube somewhere if you search it up. But yeah, I can't believe I spaced to tell you that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it's okay. it's but okay. yes, there, for the people that have not seen X, uh, I would also one, recommend not listening to this episode yet if you don't want spoilers. And two, um, wait, till the, <laughs> wait till the credits are done because there's a post-credit sequence. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm... I'm not letting you in. Can you hear him? (laughs) Um, Lorraine references Psycho during a conversation with the group. Later, Jackson discovers a partially submerged car in a pond, similar to Marion Crane's car being dumped into the lake by Norman Bates, which there are quite a few horror movie references that I'll mention throughout this discussion that I, that I thought were very cool and very subtle to put in here. Um, there was an actual adult film called Farmer's Daughters from 1976, which is infamous because it starred future acclaimed mainstream writer and actor Spalding Gray, which is interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people back in the day got their starts in porn. 
Like there's some, there's some writers and directors that actually are pretty notable. I can't name them off the top of my head, but there are a couple that are coming to my mind, but I can't remember their names, but they've gone on to like make pretty big movies, but they started out as like porn directors. So I was like, that's interesting. I love that. Me too. Like good for them. <laughs> yes. Um, Mia Goth is cast in a dual role as Maxine and Pearl, the main protagonist and antagonist, respectively. She will reprise the role of Pearl in the prequel set to be released later this year, which the first time I watched that, I did not know that, which I found really cool that she did both roles. It like, she, when they're going through the house and Pearl, the old woman is like, looking at photos you can see that they look very similar yeah like in the photo but I didn't like put it together until after the credits where it like directly listed them as like being the same person and I was like oh that makes sense why she has like such a like an attachment to Maxine because she reminds her of herself yeah, which which I think is I just think it's super cool when actors can can do that. They can like play two roles at once. I think that's like a super admirable talent because I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> um, several of the characters' deaths are foreshadowed in various ways. When Bobby Lynn exits the strip club at the beginning of the film, a large mural depicting a blonde woman with an alligator pulling off her bikini is seen on the building, foreshadowing Bobby Lynn's death by an alligator attack. Wayne in the conversation with RJ tells him that people's eyes are going to pop out of their skulls when they see the adult film they have made. Wayne later dies by having the prongs of a pitchfork impaled through his eye sockets. Jackson mentioned several times that he is he was threatened by farmers with guns while serving in Vietnam, and he is ultimately killed by Howard with a shotgun. Another foreshadowing that I saw is when um, when Maxine first goes into the house after Pearl, when it's panning around like the dishes and stuff that are in the sink, you see the knife on the edge of the counter that she ends up stabbing RJ with at the later on in the movie. So I was like, oh, that's kind of foreshadowing too. Ooh. Yeah. Also, uh, you kind of, they like drive through a dead cow mm-hmm. and they like do a close up yeah. of like that, which is, you know, how Pearl gets got. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't even catch that. That's like. And and wasn't there something where Howard talks about um, like Pearl falling and like breaking her hip, and then Pearl ends up falling and yeah. breaking her hip. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Well, I was reading this and I was like, "There's a lot of fucking foreshadowing in this movie." Quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like also like super subtle, which I love because like I love it when people can like. Um, do like setups and payoffs and like do it really well. And I feel like this movie does that really well. It was, it wasn't until today when I was like reading more kind of like about the movie that I even put it all together. And I was just like, incredible. <laughs> yeah. I had such like, a, I was like, oh, that's so cool. I love when that happens. It's so fun. And like, it's one of those movies that like, obviously I've seen it multiple times now. It's it's fun when you watch it multiple times because you pick up on different things that you didn't pick up the first time. So I was like, this is really fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, so this is the last fact that I have, and then we'll get into like the actual discussion. But after killing RJ, Pearl starts to dance. Goth had previously imp- appeared in Luca, 
Guagianos, Gininos version of Suspiria, a film about a dance school run by a coven of witches. Some of her dance movements as Pearl are similar to those of her character of Sarah. Also Goth's co-star in Suspiria, Tilda Swinton, also played multiple roles in that film, most of which required her to wear heavy prosthetic makeup, including the elderly male psychiatrist Dr. Klemperer and the hideous mother Helena Marcos, which is cool. Love Tilda Swinton. Me too. She's great. But yeah, that's all I have as far as fun facts go and uh, information on the film. So I guess without further ado, we can actually get into the movie. Okay. If you're ready for it. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. One, this movie, like, because it's set in 1979. Yeah. So it, like, aesthetically, this movie slaps. Oh, like, for sure. It's the makeup the way the actors are styled the like everything in the background the little details yeah like the color tone of the whole movie like gives it that like orangey brown vibe of the 70s that you just like associate with the 70s which I love because I hate when movies are like set in a time period (laughs) and like don't they don't commit, you know, like no. they're not in with the bit. And this movie was commit. all in it. Yeah. Like it's so good. Like you can tell that he took the time, like the way he lit it, the way he framed it, the way he even casted the movie, quite frankly, because Mia Goth literally in this movie looks like they just pl- got a time machine, went back to the 70s, plucked her from the 70s, and put her yes! in this movie. She looks like somebody that would have lived back in that time. It's crazy. <laughs> yes, because like I, like I don't I don't know about you, but like for me, I think people look like in different decades. There's like a certain way people look. Like you don't see people that look like. You know what I mean? Nobody looks and like that anymore. Be, yeah. Nobody looks like that anymore. And so when you're doing like period pieces, which this is, like they look so timely and like so appropriate and like down to like the weird details of like at one point Wayne comes to the door and he's in tidy whities and (laughs) I'm like my I watched I saw this movie with my cousin and she was like why is he wearing underwear like that I'm like that's what they wore in the 70s though like and like then Kid Cuddy's in boxers but they like go down to his knees and I'm like that's one, he needed it. <laughs> like, that's what they wore. And you're yeah. just like, oh, it's so, so good. So good. So good. And like what you were saying, like with the, with the whole, with other movies not doing it as well. I just feel like some people just think that, oh, I can just slap like a sepia filter, like a, like a vintage filter on this in post-production and it'll look like seventies. Like, no, like it doesn't work like that. Like you actually have to, I don't know, like just, I feel like Ty West really, really thought about every single shot, every single camera movement, every single like choice with like the characters, the set dressing, like the way they were, what they were wearing, like, the way the film looked in general, I feel like he took every single detail and did it perfectly. Like even the first shot, and I don't know if you thought this when you saw the the movie last night, but that first shot of like the barn doors 
the way he framed it, I almost thought like with that opening shot that it was coming from the camera that they were filming with because the barn doors almost gave that like um, aspect ratio from like one of those cameras like back in that time until it yeah. started zooming out. And I was like, oh, this is, those are the barn doors. So I don't know if that was like a purposeful choice. I'm going to assume it was since he's like so detail oriented. I'm gonna assume that was like a purposeful thing. But like, I love that first like shot when it just comes and you see like the cop cars around the house. And then like he does like something super cool where um, normally I feel like with movies like this, when they when they start out with an opening scene where they show the aftermath of something, I think it can be like a little bit like, oh shit, well now you're spoiling what happens. With this movie, they don't do that because everybody's like under white sheets. So you're not sure who is who under the sheet. So when he's like walking around, he like sees, uh, I'm assuming it's Pearl's body in the driveway of the house under a sheet, but you don't obviously see her until the end. And then he walks up to the front door and there's fucking blood everywhere like this is just like everywhere <laughs> there's like a line of blood on the porch leading down to the fucking driveway there's blood splattered above the door frame um and then he goes in the house and there's two more bodies like next to the door by the stairs and you get like this tv on in the background which is like there's like this little um preacher sermon going it's like a black like one of those old black Throughout and white the whole movie or um, yeah. like most of the movie which is also a very subtle payoff that we'll get to later, which I really enjoyed. But I also like this air of mystery with this opening scene too, because then he goes down to the basement, like the sheriff goes down in the basement and you don't see what he sees until later. But like his reaction basically tells you all you need to know. You're like, oh, we're about to see something super fucking disturbing later. And then you get that score, which I have to say the score in this movie, it's a masterpiece. I love it. The music it. is good. Yeah. Like you get like, you get subtle, like, um, <clears throat> you know, harmonies with this woman singing in the background, but then sometimes it sounds like she's like moaning in certain parts, which is really cool too. Like the, the way they do it is really cool. But then we get the whole scene with, um, we get that first, we get this first introduction with Maxine. And of course she's snorting a line of Coke right off the bat. <laughs> Incredible. Very time appropriate. Yes. <laughs> and she's like sitting in this like, room that looks like a dressing room and she's like sitting in front of the room uh front of the mirror and then this is when you meet wayne which is her boyfriend slash you know he calls her her future his future fiance he comes in he's like oh let's go everybody's everybody's waiting let's let's get out of here and i love that the first line that you get from maxine is she looks at herself in the mirror and she's like you're a fucking sex symbol i love that <laughs> i'm like i need that i need that confidence in my life so when people ask me from now on what my morning routine is I'm just going to say, I wake up in the morning, get out of bed, brush my teeth, wash my face. Do a then, line. Yeah, do a line of coke. Tell myself, I'm a fucking sex symbol. <laughs> and then I look at myself dead face in the mirror and I say, you're a fucking sex symbol. That's how I start my day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> but yeah, I love how you, I love these introductions to these characters. Um, most notably like I remember the first time I watched this movie and you get that like wide shot of the the strip club the outside of the strip club the mural is incredible it's the beautiful. bayou burlesque yeah the, <laughs> and she even has in, like a shirt on later with it like the kind of like the tank top you're wearing yes! yeah because they're in Houston like they start off in Houston and then they like drive out to like rural bumfuck Texas. Yeah. And oh, but also the fact that the van that they're all in, which again, 
very Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes, like OG Texas oh, Chainsaw sure. Massacre. The van says plowing service <laughs> on the side. That made and me laugh so hard. I, in my notes, it just says plowing service, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark, in all caps. I cackled. It was so funny. It's hilarious. One thing that I do like about, like, this movie particularly is you, like, it, a lot of issues with, like, my issues with, like, slasher movies is you don't care about the characters. They're just yeah. kind of like there to be murdered, right? Exactly. And yeah. these, like the mur- like none of the actual actions happen. Like it's like the le- like the last third of the movie is like very like jam packed with like everybody getting killed. Yeah. But it builds <laughs> up and like they're funny, they're witty. Like um, you know, the women are like very proud of what they do yeah. and so um you know it develop you develop uh they develop they have personalities like you develop like feelings for these characters yeah and you know when they die you're like no absolutely gutted yeah it's like none of the characters in this movie except for RJ are bad rj is bad rj is bad i don't like rj he he deserved to get got like good like i was i was like rooting for him i was like yes you deserve that all the other ones like yeah and i'm just like stupid rj it's your fault when we when we do get to that scene later, I will play devil's advocate a little bit because I kind of see both sides of that situation. I know I I think I know what situation you're talking about, but like um I don't know, like I agree with you though. I think all the characters had something to give, like different personalities. Um like I love when you first meet um Bobby Lynn. And like, I remember the first time I watched this movie when she comes walking out of that strip club and she's like strutting her shit. And I was like, yes, queen. I even said that out loud. I was like, yes, queen. People were probably like, yes, girl. Yes. Um, And they get to this gas station and I love how they're filming. (laughs) They're filming this porn scene outside of the gas station. I mean, obviously it's not like bad or anything, but they're, they're setting up to film this scene at the gas station outside while Wayne and um, Maxine are inside getting stuff for food and stuff at their stay and i love how um lorraine is standing there with bobby bobby lynn and bobby comes up to her and she's like your boyfriend's cute she's like do you do you help him with all his films and she's like sometimes and then she uh she turns to bobby joe bobby lynn and she's like is that your boyfriend because she's talking about jackson and bobby lynn's like sometimes (laughs) that was so fucking great so funny and i'm going if like i get a partner anytime soon and somebody asks me i'm literally just gonna start saying like i'll be married and they'll be like oh is that your husband and i'll be like sometimes sometimes (laughs) yeah sometimes (laughs) oh my god i love it (laughs) oh also i made a note that you can see gas is 65 cents oh can you (laughs) imagine how amazing that was fuck (laughs) yeah because gas is like five dollars here now so 
I'm in Alabama. So gas is like three. I saw it for 370 yesterday and was so thrilled. All you people from the 70s can go fuck yourselves. So I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But well, and then it like as they're doing that, it cuts back to to uh, Wayne and Maxine and Maxine's talking about how she's like, I need to be famous, Wayne. They have like these really like Texas. I love their accents in this movie, by the way. But the accents were a little jarring, like a little like off-putting, but they were funny. Yeah. So I loved them. They were charming. Like it, there was like a charm to it. Yes. Um, But she's like talking about how she's like, I need to be famous, Wayne. I'm tired of not getting what I want. And he's like, he's telling her that she kind of has like that X factor because nobody looks like her, which I agree. Like she has such a unique look. And as I was watching the movie, I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm like, why am I so mesmerized by her? Cause like, she's just so mesmerizing to look at, but then she also reminds me of like a very young Shelly Duvall. Like she looks yes. like Shelly Duvall to me. Oh, justice for Shelly Duvall. Seriously. I I'm a Shelly Duvall stan. I don't care what people say. Like people, people can hate on her. People can say she's a horrible actress, but I've always loved Shelly Duvall. Um, anyway, but like, that's who she reminds me of as a young, very like ingenue Shelly Duvall, fresh faced, um, and I love how like the TV, the TV is on in the background with the same preacher, that thing that we see at the beginning of the movie and her and Wayne are up at the counter trying to pay. And I love how, um, when you watch it more than once, knowing the twist at the end with the preacher thing, uh, you can, you notice that Maxine is like looking at the TV and you can tell that she looks troubled, but when you watch it the first time, you don't pick up on that. Um, and then, so they end up leaving the gas station. Well, they don't leave the gas station yet. Cause then it cuts back to them filming the scene of, um, Jackson, <laughs> pumping the Where gas it looks into the like van. his dick is in the car like it he's like sticking his dick in the <laughs> into car, the car and yeah like good for you baby <laughs> well I love how RJ is like sitting there talking about how he's like well I want to I want to do something different I want it to be like those uh films in Paris like the avant-garde RJ is just like the pretentious like film bro <laughs> <laughs> Sydney Here's the thing not too, like quite frankly, I don't like RJ. <laughs> um, uh, the porn that they're filming, The Farmer's Daughter, seems like it would be a good porn. It has I, a yeah. decent plot. Like, I'm not mad at it. I'm not either. Like, this movie, I came out of this movie feeling, one, very sexually confused because I was like, wow like these women look great in this movie not gonna lie and two I was like I kind of want to be in a porn now I kind of want to do the farmer's daughter too can I be in the farmers can I can I be in the farmer's daughter (laughs) it's me the farmer's daughter (laughs) yeah um but like I like this scene because he's like going on and on about like making this very like very uh fashion forward and very like avant-garde and and he starts to film and then I like how Brittany Snow's just kind of standing off to the side and she's like you know if you film it from like a higher angle it'll look like he's using his cock <laughs> somebody, somebody like films it from a higher angle and then you get like that very stereotypical 70s music playing in the background like the which I knew was exactly oh the kind of music they were going to use in this movie before I even watched it I was like I feel like they're going to use that like 70s porn music which is perfect I love it and then I love how Bobby Joe at the end, she's like, see, I got some good ideas too. <laughs> she is so funny and so good in this movie. Like I want to see Brittany Snow do more now. Like 
Same. She, like, I always liked Britney Snow, but, like, she seemed like a little typecast. You know what I like mean? Like, she like, always played, like, the innocent girl that, like, like, in John Tucker Must Die, prom night, she's always, like, that innocent, like... The, even, like, Hairspray, where she was the bitchy, but, like, very prude, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, like, to see her, like, still be a nice, you know, little you know, your all-American little blonde girl, whatever. But, like, for her to be, like, she says, she's, like, a lot of people pay a lot of money to see what I got. Like, I... Might as well take care of them. Right? Or she has a thing. She's, like, my American dream is owning a house and having a pool and being able to not have tan lines on my tits. And I'm, like, like, honestly, (laughs) that's my American dream, Seriously. But she's, like, I just want to, I just want a house with a big old pool where I can sit out and feel the breeze between these knees and tan these titties. Like, I was just, like, That is my American dream also, okay? (laughs) With my sometimes boyfriend and or girlfriend. And or girlfriend, yes. But I love how, like, um, I also love the the women characters in this movie for another reason as well because I love how they're like in in charge of their own bodies like they're in charge of their like Bobby Lynn for example like you can tell she's smart like she's not the typical like dumb blonde character that you see in these horror movies she actually is really smart and she actually is kind of an almost seems like an entrepreneur in a way like they don't they don't view this as just like a job they they view this as like oh we want to be entrepreneurs like we want to make a living off of this like so they're taking this very seriously which I really enjoy um I just love how they all have like their own place in this movie and they're not being because normally I feel like you see men pushing these women around in like these scenarios like Wayne he's not even like he like you would you would see you would think that he would normally play this off as like a scummy like porn director but he's actually a really nice guy in this movie too like he lets the women such a himbo in this <laughs> yeah. movie like he like he's encouraging he's nice and the women are like this is our big break we're gonna do this yeah. like they again a lot of like slasher movies you know if you're not a virgin you die and granted yeah. they die in this movie but that's not it's not because you know they're having sex it's because an old lady can't have sex like so it, <laughs> yeah like it's it takes a lot of the like original classic horror tropes and does something completely new and different with yeah. them which considering it's based in the 70s is like it's i mean it's refreshing now yeah. but to look at it like on the light where we knew what it meant back then like yeah it's so actually refreshing and as somebody who supports all type of sex work I (laughs) love like that they're like they don't demean it they don't do it like they show these like characters as like competent smart and guess what they like to fuck yeah and there's nothing wrong with that exactly and I love I love that you brought up that point because I feel like this is a very sex positive movie where it doesn't like because I feel like back in the 70s like in the early 70s even the late 70s because I know at one point filming porn was completely illegal at one point and I don't know when that like changed like what exact when exactly that changed I'm guessing like during like the early late 70s is when that started to change but like even back then which which I think is like that that is like such a like a great social commentary for how like the normal 
not the normal, but like the average society views women, women in sex work, for example, like with like true crime cases about sex workers that get murdered, like the police don't take it as seriously because they're like, oh, they're not, they're on a, they're in a different class. They put themselves in that situation. They're high, they're working a high risk job, therefore, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, so they're still, they're still trying to make a living. They're still people. They're just like us. Why is that indifferent? And I like how this movie like perpetuates that in a way, but then it also, like, like we were just talking about, it's a very sex positive film as well, where it doesn't like sit there and display this message of like disregarding women that are in the sex industry, not, not degrading them, not making them seem like less than. And I love that about this movie. That's like one of my favorite parts about this movie is that it's more like, like, rejoicing in the sense that like and I love their little conversation we'll get into that later too where they have like the little conversation about it in the in the cabin as well I love that I I just I love the message that this movie has to bring as well well and you get this movie where like yeah the whole plot is they're going to film a porn yeah but like you you only there's only like two semi-graphic scenes but again like this movie is horny and has sex but it's also like not horny at all you know what I mean yeah. like the sex scenes are like there you know what I mean like yeah. they're not over like exploitative they're not anything like that and then there's one point like, there's one part where you see like Kid Cuddy standing naked in a door frame <laughs> and you don't even like you don't yeah. see anything you see an outline it's maybe the <laughs> funniest it is so funny. part of this movie and so like you get this like very like s- sexy sex porn movie that's just like not horny it's like hard to explain like yeah and I think that's incredible you know what I mean like yeah. like how it's like okay like this movie is about people making a porn yeah but it's like driving a plot line yeah and it's it's so good good. and the most uncomfortable parts of the movie oh god (laughs) with the old people yeah (laughs) old people like yeah well like when they first get to the house too it's it's like they all get well and first I wanted to say that there's another iconic Bobby Lynn moment at the gas station scene too because she's standing outside the gas station and Wayne comes up and <laughs> he's asking her like how it went she's like he's like asking her how the script is and she's like it's fine does it matter and he's like I don't want to be working and I don't want to be wearing a hard hat for the rest of my life do you and she's like no and he's like he's like well keep your morale boosted don't be putting everybody down and then he hands her the cigarettes and she's like <laughs> She's like, Winston's, you know, I only smoke go- roll golds. And she's like, I'm calling my agent. <laughs> Bobby so- Lynn is so, I was so upset when she died. She like, was like probably the ha- the hardest one for me to be like, I was like, no, Brittany Snow. She got a great death though. <laughs> she did. But the best one in the movie, in my opinion. Here's the thing. I get, these people are from Houston. They should know better. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh yeah, especially but, like a little bit later when she gets in the pond and she's like swimming. Yeah, it. I'm like, you're jumping in a strange pond. You're walking in this water when it's dark. I'm like, 
do you not geographically yeah. know where you are? There's just <laughs> gators everywhere. Yeah. And like, honestly, for me, some of the most suspenseful parts were with the alligator. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. And um, also the alligator CGI is very bad. Some of it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there, uh, like there was the an inter- overhead shot. <laughs> yeah. Bad. Well, cause the, it just, yeah, it does look kind of weird. Like it, but it's still, I think it's great though. Like it didn't, it didn't take it away from me. Like it didn't take away from like the tension. I was like, Oh fuck. Cause like, I love when they first get there, they get, they get established. They're like talking to the old guy and the old guy's like, I don't like the sight of any of you. He's like, he's like, I thought there was only supposed to be one of you staying here. And I love how it's kind of like a, like a very vintage way of uh, an Airbnb. Like that's, yeah. that's kind of reminded me of like a, ooh, an Airbnb back in the seventies. Very cool. Also, since you're a fan of the original Evil Dead, did you think that that cabin that they're staying in looks like the cabin from Evil Dead? Like the, just the main, like the area, like the living room and stuff. Cause I thought it looked exactly like it. A little bit. <clears throat> uh, this one in this movie is a lot bigger. Well, yeah, yeah. I was just saying, like, as far as, like, the main, like, the living room and the, the kitchen part. Of yeah. It, yes. Very similar. I was like, ooh, this is, like, they're taking inspiration from Evil Dead, too, because I, I noticed as soon as they walked in, I was like, oh, this looks like the cabin from that movie. But I love how as soon as they leave, <laughs> Bobby's like, that was some stellar negotiating. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, you keep being smart with me, and I'll take you off the stage for a month. And she's like, well, then you won't get no work either. <laughs> she's perfect to me. <sighs> There's one scene like after, like after we fill, like after they film their first like fucking scene yeah. and uh, she's like, please, I can fake an orgasm so easily. And she does. And uh, Jackson Kid Cuddy is just like, I love you. And she just goes, bless your heart, which as a Southern woman. Oh my God me and my cousin were just like screaming laughing in the theater (laughs) she she literally stole the show in this movie like mia goth and jenna ortega and all of them do great don't get me wrong but holy fuck like britney snow just steals the show because i love how like as soon as howard leaves she's like well i think it's about high time to get the star and she's like fucking finally and then it cuts like right into it like it's just right into the middle of it and when they get there and uh, they're like, we're here. She's like, good, I'm horny. And they're like, you're always <laughs> horny. And she's like, not always. Yeah. Incredible. It's so amazing. Well, and I love that scene where, uh, cause, cause you get that scene where they're in the van waiting for uh, Wayne to talk to the owner of the house. And that's when Howard comes out with the shotgun. And I like how like they're having this discussion, Church Mouse and RJ, they're having a discussion in the back of the van why fucking Jackson and Bobby are just making out behind him. And she's like, she's like, I don't know why you're doing this. And he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, this is smut. And he's like, he's like, when did you become such a prude? Cause like that, that comes into play later on with that later scene. Cause she kind of turns it back on him. And I love how she's like, I'm not. She's like, I just don't get why you're doing this. And he's like, because it's very possible to make a good, dirty movie. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Um, You can be right and wrong, but mostly wrong because he sucks. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But then you get like that scene with Howard, like coming out with the shotgun. He's like, he's like, I don't care if you're part of the government or not. I'll shoot you because you're trespassing on my property. It's like, this is private property. Yeah. Holy shit. Good for Howard. Seriously, because that's how I'd be too. I'd be like, get off my property. Oh, and I love how they kind of set up that subtle like payoff later because he's talking about, oh, it's not even loaded. 
and then uh um Wayne is like oh I have the same thing in my glove box so you know later on when Maxine goes to get that gun you're like I know it's not loaded because he already said that earlier which I thought was like a very like subtle um kind of like way of explaining that but I also like love when they're <laughs> like what you were saying like when they're finished filming or like when they're filming like the sex part RJ's like directing them and he's like okay like put your chin up a little bit and fucking Kid Cudi's like listen kid why don't you just stay in your lane and let me do my let me do my job and then it cut he like pans back over to fucking bobby and she's like laughing but then as soon as she sees that the camera's back on her she's like oh yeah <laughs> so great oh! <laughs> britney so deserves all the awards for this movie yeah. if she doesn't get like her flowers i'm gonna be so upset and her face the faces that she's making too she's like oh yeah oh like she's very like i was like damn she's into it <laughs> oh god well, i mean we later see the outline yeah yeah honestly Which... that's scary to me i would be like mm, no thank you I'd be like i don't don't actually put it in me we can pretend like you're putting it in me but i can't i no, can't thank you yeah, i can't take no. that sorry no <laughs> no 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 pass for me my guy but like thanks for the consideration yeah uh, well and then well and then i love how um like we were getting into like the alligator scene now because like this is when maxine goes to that pond and i remember the first time i watched this scene i turned to my friend and i was like like exactly what you said she's like when you were like does she not realize where she's at i was like I would not be getting into that water. First of all, there are probably water moccasins in there and water yes! and rattlesnakes. There are definitely probably fucking There's... poisonous snakes in that water. I would not be, I didn't even think to think that there was probably an alligator in there. <laughs> so I'm like thinking, I'm like, <clears throat> but you get these cool like aerial shots of her like floating in the water. As like- The shots are very beautiful. Yeah. And like Pearl's watching her. You see like Pearl creeping up on her in the background as she's like taking off her overall. She's like stripping on the dock. And uh like in between this scene and the scene with Bobby Lynn where it cuts back to her and she's like, it shows a shot of her literally wiping the fucking, you know, come off her back. <laughs> the cum, and she like flings it at Lorraine and she's like, sorry, sorry darling. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, baby. <laughs> oh my God. And then this is what you were talking about with Jackson where he's standing in front of the window, like basically like, like this, he's like flexing and she's like, oh, don't stand there. Like you're all proud of yourself. And he's like, I was made for this type of work. Like, you know, <laughs> shit. Yeah. You've got a horse cock. Like, seriously. <clears throat> uh, me, Monica, and Chelsea were debating. We're like, it's definitely a prosthetic, right? Like, <laughs> oh, it's got to be. Holy shit. I mean, otherwise, Kid Cuddy. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Want to come by sometime? I mean, please don't. Because again, scary, but also like, good for you. No, like I really, I like, I think this was like one of the best scenes in the movie was she's just like floating on the water. You get the shot of like the alligator hiding within like the reeds. And I'm just like, shit. And then you see her swimming back to the dock and you get this cool aerial shot. And then all of a sudden you see this fucking alligator just swimming up behind her. And I like how they take their time on purpose with the scene because she gets to the dock and she just kind of like rests her arms on the. She she's pauses. Just like, and you're like, you see this thing fucking gaining speed on her, and you're like, oh shit! And for a moment, because with a twenty four, I was like, 
there are scenes of her in the trailer like it makes her seem like she's like the main girl in this movie but are they gonna kill her off right now like i was like are they gonna pull like a charlie from hereditary like are they gonna kill her off 20 minutes into the movie i had that thought for a minute for just a moment i was like holy shit is she gonna die right here because they really play that up really well which is what i love about this scene particularly is that they just really play up on like that suspense and then she finally gets out and then um yeah and then it cuts back to bobby lynn and uh i keep wanting to say bobby joe that's just like my like i keep catching myself i'm like i feel like i'm gonna say bobby joe because it just sounds like it would make more sense but bobby lynn and jackson are filming another scene and he like opens up the door and he's like sorry to disturb you but my car broke down and she's like oh well we don't have a telephone like they're just like playing up the whole thing like doing another scene and then as they're filming that maxine comes back and she sees pearl standing on the porch and pearl like basically is like come here which if it were if i were maxine i'd be like no thanks i'm good no thank you Uh, no way in hell would i have got i would have just waved and like walked away i would have been like i can't I'm not doing this. Like, I mean, like sorry, weirdo. And she even she's even kind of like, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, I okay. Pearl and Howard. Let's talk about them. Yes. <sighs> I know times were different, and people age better now. Yeah. And I was not alive in the '70s, so I don't know how old people looked. And like Howard served in both like big wars. So like, yeah, you know, but like, why did they look scaly and like horrible? Like pretty bad. Like Howard had like one tooth, which like, yeah, yeah. Like with those scenes when Pearl's like kissing him later on, I'm like, oh. And here's the thing too. I read like a lot, like a lot of people were like shitting on old people like having sex in this movie and they're like I don't need it I don't want it I'm like I don't give a shit Uh, like them having sex wasn't a like it didn't do anything for me but I wasn't like disgusted by it because I was sitting there and I like caught myself I was like oh and then I was like you know what I'm gonna be old one day and I'm probably gonna want a bone (laughs) yeah so who am I to judge um, I don't think yeah. I'm gonna murder people. Yeah, I... doing it, but like, again, Pearl, baby, get a vibrator. Like Howard, use your hands. Seriously, or like, you know, maybe get some therapy on top of that too, because uh, you guys both no. clearly need it. Well, there's that. <laughs> well, because I wanted to talk about Maxine's sex scene for one, because. I feel like with Maxine, like when they're filming their scene in the barn, I love how they <laughs> love how they go into the barn and fucking uh, Bobby Lynn's got a carton of milk <laughs> and she just pours it into the the, the tin next to the cow. And uh, you get like the scene with with her um, acting out her scene. And she's like, he comes in, Jackson comes in. And he's like, uh, I was told that I could uh, find someone in here. And she's like, oh, you must have been talking to my sister. <laughs> and he's like, he didn't mention you. And she's like, I'm not surprised. I've always been younger, prettier. She's jealous or something like that. She's just and, jealous. Yeah. And then I love how she goes. I look, I think the way he films it though is really cool. Like it's, it's very artistic, very avant-garde the way he wanted it to be. But like she's standing by the barn doors and she turns around. She's like, I can give you a ride. <laughs> she's like, we shouldn't disturb him. 
it'll only make him angry. Right. <laughs> and I love, I love that. And then it cuts to Pearl putting on, also putting on blue eyeshadow. Cause she's trying to like be like Maxine. Cause mm-hmm. she finds, she gets a real liking with Maxine during this movie. Cause like, even with the scene where she's right before she has sex with Howard, she's talking about how she's like, I'm tired of not getting what I want. She was, she had something special. Like she's talking about how like Maxine had something special. And um, so you get that like really quick jump cut from that scene with Maxine to Pearl where she's brushing her hair in the mirror. And I have to give kudos to whoever did the sound design in this movie, because when she's brushing through her fucking hair with that brush, you can hear, hear it, how brittle her hair is. And it's like, Oh, your hair is going to fall out. I love the sound design in this movie. Um, I just wanted to mention that scene. Cause I thought that was really cool how she's trying to like put on the blue eyeshadow, just like Maxine. Um, and then it cuts back to Maxine and, Jackson having sex and what I like about this scene with Maxine is that she seems like she's actually genuinely enjoying the sex with as Bobby Lynn was just faking it for like the film but with Maxine it really seems like it's genuine acting like she's not she's not faking it she's literally enjoying it and this is kind of when you get like a subtle hint that maybe um Lorraine is enjoying it too because it shows Lorraine and she's like holding like the boom thing but you can tell there's like kind of like a smile on her face like she's like oh I'm kind of liking what I'm seeing right now and then not only that but then you get that fucking shot of Pearl watching her from the barn window behind her which I was like ooh, and her looking and like seeing Pearl and then where it cuts into like Maxine Pearl Maxine Pearl Maxine Pearl like ugh. Yeah, they do a lot of really cool editing choices, which is something I wanted to bring up too. Cause like, there's a couple of times in this movie where they do it before the cow scene where they're, where they see the cow in the middle of the road where that flashes back a couple of times before it gets into the real scene, which I thought was kind of an interesting. And then after they're done with, with the sex scene in the barn, um, <clears throat> Pearl goes back to the house and Howard's sitting there and I love how like she just tries to like seduce him. She's like, she's like wearing a dress and she's like dancing like this. And he's like, we talked about this. And she's like begging him to basically have sex with her. And he's like, you know, I can't, my heart. Which like, this is the scene where I kind of felt bad for um, Pearl. Cause like, yeah. Like you she can tell she's wants... just like, I just want to have sex. She's like, I want you to look at me. Cause she even says that to RJ later. She's like, I want you to look at me the way you looked at her. Which tells me that, obviously Howard has not looked at her like that in a really long time. So it's like you, it makes you feel bad for her for sure. Pearl, like, again, I like these characters as like the big bad because they are just bad people. Know what I mean? Like this is something that like could happen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Which is terrifying, but like. Yeah. I mean, but it's realistic though. Yeah. Especially in rural Texas when that kind of shit happens, like the whole get off my lawn thing with the shotgun. People are, people are uh, their own, uh, their own, uh, what are, what is the word? People in Texas are their own kind of breed. (laughs) They don't, they don't give a fuck. Like if you're stepping, if you step on their property, they're shooting your ass. They don't care. That's what I, that's why I liked about the setting of this movie that they did it in Texas. I was like, you could have picked anywhere else, but you chose Texas to film a porn on a fucking conservative farm with these people that clearly do not like you. People like, <laughs> yeah, come on. 
I'm like, no, thanks. Um, but then I also really, really wanted to talk about the scene r- after that, where they're um, all kind of gathered around in the living room of the, <clears throat> of the cabin that they're staying at. And they have that conversation, which I think is just so good, which is like such a good commentary on, you know, the sex positive aspect of this film. Cause they're talking about how like Lorraine's asking them questions about like, so does it matter if you are with somebody, but you're having sex with somebody else in a scene? They're like, oh, it's just acting. And they're talking about how like they're one day they're going to be too old to have sex. Like basically Bobby Lynn's basically like, we're, one day we're going to be too old to fuck. So, so we might as well do it now. Also love that we got a landslide thing because we got to see Brittany Snow like uh, show off those pitch perfect vocals and Kid Cudi like do a thing. And I was just like, are they singing landslide right now? Which I guess like came out like a year before. So it was probably huge. Oh yeah. And that song in itself is just so sad. Like when you, when you think about the, obviously like the lyrics to the song are like exactly how this movie is like it's about getting older and like looking back at your life and I love another aspect of the editing that I love in this scene is like as she's singing it it does like this like side thing where it's doing two shots at once in a sense and you see Pearl like taking off her makeup in the mirror and she just looks so sad and so like miserable and then you get like this like juxtaposition of these younger people that were once versions of herself which I just think is so genius with this movie and like that's that's the whole like aspect of what sets this movie apart from typical slasher movies where it's just like they don't care about the story they don't care about the characters they just want to get to like the murder and the mayhem and stuff like that with this movie it takes its time with that it gives you and this like this is the last scene that you get with all the characters kind of just like happily living with each other before shit gets real (laughs) And I, I really like that they took the time to do this scene and like really make it really memorable. I really like it. And then after they're done singing, this is when Lorraine is like, I want to be in the movie. <laughs> cause she's like, cause they're all cheering to something. Right? And, and Jackson's like, cheers to living young and doing whatever. And uh, RJ's like, cheers to independent filmmaking. And then um, Maxine, you can tell Maxine does not like Church Mouse at first because even when she's in the gas station at the beginning, she's like, I don't like the way she stares. She's like, people that stare give me the heebie-jeebies. But like, and then she looks at Maxine or she looks at um, Lorraine as she says this and cheers to like all the naysayers and the whatever that like don't understand. And then um, Lorraine's like, I don't know if I agree with all that but she's like, I liked what I saw today. And she's like, I didn't think that I did, but I, I didn't think that I would, but I did. And then like, that's the moment when you realize that she wants to do this too. And I really, um, <clears throat> I really like this whole scene where Jackson's like, or where RJ's like, no. And she's like, what do you mean? He's like, no, we can't, no. we can't change the movie halfway through. And she's like, why not? They, you like Psycho? And he's like, well, that's a horror film. <laughs> <laughs> right he's like well that's a horror film and this is the porn and it's <laughs> so funny and it's so awkward because that's when that's when uh jack or that's when wayne is like why don't we take this outside before we say something that we're gonna regret and like i said i really like this scene a lot because it really shows two sides of rj because at the beginning of the movie you're like okay RJ's like the one that's like into this and and lorraine's the one that's like a prude about it and then she turns around him she's like when did you become such a prude which I loved I was like I love that that's so like boom 
um yeah i just like i really like those scenes up before up until you get to like the like the main shit that goes down at like the third act of this film i really like the subtle moments that they do with that uh before shit gets real but yeah so yeah pearl the first death we see in the movie is rj's and he is about to leave and one there he the background music is don't uh fear the reaper reaper which is such a perfect spooky background song yes but pearl is like just like standing in the middle of the road and um rj's like um let's get you some help and she clearly is trying to make some moves on him which he is like what the fuck old lady like your husband (laughs) you have a husband like what the fuck old lady yeah and she just decapitates him basically oh my god yeah oh and it's like so visceral too and she won there's some great i love fake blood like i i just there's so much good fake blood in this like one scene and but she's literally on top of him like riding she's like not fucking him because you know he's dying so yeah. he's not erect or anything like that but like she is on top of him like she is like writing him and she's clearly having an orgasm right? oh yeah oh yeah and while she's stabbing him unless she's literally mm. like getting out like a bunch of this like sexual frustration like murdering rj yeah and then she dances which is such a cool scene because like you get like the blood on the headlights because like after she stabs him like the blood splattering all so you get like almost like this like um like reddish you get this reddish tint that's like all over everything and like you get that cool i thought it was really cool like how it transitioned from that to like this like scene where she's just dancing and for a minute i was kind of thinking like okay like is this a supernatural movie like yeah Cause like while she's dancing, it kind of looks like she gets younger a little bit. Like, Almost, cause she looks at her hands too. Delighted. She's like, yeah, she's like looking at her hands. Right? Like, she's Ooh. like looking, and and the lighting, the lighting in this movie, like the second half is very dark. It's a yeah. little kind of like it gave me a little bit of a headache trying to like watch <laughs> everything. Yeah. Um, but I was like, okay, like does she is this like a hocus pocus thing like where she has to like murder people to like regain her youth and like all this kind of stuff but it wasn't yeah um and i was like okay but um then we see lorraine like roll over and realize that rj isn't there and this yeah i don't know what it is but like that's a big trigger for me personally Like, and I, I was talking to my cousin and we we're both like, it feels like you've been abandoned. And she's like, okay, maybe we're just dramatic. And I was no. like, but I don't know I feel if there's that like too. something, there's like something where like, if you are in bed with another person and they, like you wake up in the middle of the night and they're not there, it's like such a big cause for panic and yeah. like you like you you were immediately like something is wrong where are they like what is happening so like I fully understand why Lorraine is like I need to find RJ like especially because of 
you know, what happened before. Like, yeah. she clearly knows that. She fucked things- up. Well, she, I don't think she fucked up, but she feels like she fucked up. <laughs> she knows that things aren't good between them at this moment and he's yeah. not in bed with her. And so uh, then we get Wayne and his tidy whities mm. Chef's kiss. Not a bad look. <laughs> he looks so good. He looks great, yeah. But he's like, okay, come on, like, we'll go look. And one, nobody gave any shit about mosquitoes in this movie because they are just walking around. Oh, and yeah. And I'm just like, unacceptable, unrealistic. Uh, <laughs> well, and if they're like at night too, like I'd be like walking around that tall grass, I'd be so fucking paranoid of like rattlesnakes. And anything. like, I'd be like, no Uh-oh. no thank you i'd be like yeah. we're not looking for him he's fine he's he's dead um, <laughs> but uh they split up which why are you splitting up in the middle of the night yeah. um lorraine goes towards the house where she encounters howard who is like have you seen my wife and he gets her into the house eventually locks her in the cellar and i'm like lorraine come on girl why are you going into this cellar by yourself with no yeah. light? Like, yeah, dumb, dumb, mm-hmm. dumb, dumb. Like, what the fuck, Lorraine? Um, <laughs> well, what are you doing? Like, that was stupid. Wayne, on the other hand, Wayne's an ex- like Wayne's death is an example of the met like being caught off guard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he's looking and I watched his because I knew what was coming I didn't know what was coming but I like knew and I was thinking you were just gonna like see a figure for like a jump scare but the jump scare was uh she just stabs him in the eye with a pitchfork yeah one how did she get back like she like walked around that barn I know I know she was like stabbed him and then like (laughs) ran and I'm just like (laughs) yeah how did this fuck? like 90 year old old lady like move that fast quite frankly right i've seen 90 year old people they do not move quickly no and again lorraine dumb but then uh how does uh how does jackson wake up he hears something right yeah so so as um <clears throat> Because as uh, Wayne is in the barn, oh, and that scene where he walks in and like you can see the nail on the ground oh, with the board, God. and he steps, he fucking steps on the nail, and it's like, oh, I hate Ugh. like when they did it in fucking um the, a quiet place. With the, I was like, oh God, no, 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 no. When you see the nail on the stairs, I was like, oh fuck. They do the same thing here where it's like, oh my God, you see the nail before they step on it, and you know that it's gonna happen, but you're like, oh God. So then. Yeah, so then he steps on the nail, he gets, which I was going to ask you, there were already holes in the back of that barn. So she's done this, but with people before. Oh, yeah. Oh, Because yeah. it's like, I don't know. I was confused because I was like, has she only done this one other time with that hippie couple that they're talking about later? Because they find their van. But then I'm like, no, they've probably done this like for many, many years. They've been oh, doing this they've forever. been doing this for years. <clears throat> so it's like the whole like pitchfork thing. I'm sure she's done that many times. She She knew what she's doing at this point. But then like the whole like scene with Lorraine, you finally, when she's in the basement, she goes back because he tells her to go downstairs and get another flashlight because he's like, my wife, you know, she could fall down the stairs and break her hip. Um, Go down there and get like the flashlight. So she grabs the flashlight off the toolbox and she goes back upstairs, but then the door's locked. So then she goes back down 
<clears throat> and this is when you see what the sheriff saw at the beginning of the movie which is like ooh, because like you get that cool shot of like her turning it on and you see him behind her before she turns around and sees him and it's like this guy that's like fucking strung up like his arms are above his head he's butt naked and his like pants he's, are like around his waist and he's like sho- he's like shackled like he's got shackles around his ankles and his his wrists and it just looks like he's been fucking sexually abused and tortured for like ever because his his that poor man like his groin area is like all bruised and like it looks gross so bad for him but then you get that scene with Lorraine her scream is so good her scream is so fucking good it's I was impressed with Jenna Ortega's scream like truly impressed because like it takes a lot and like I'm wondering like I don't know if I was them I would not show her like the body and you know what I mean like do the scene and be like let's get like a real reaction so I'm I'm very interested like how it got that good because yes it was incredible well there was like a scene with her I watched an interview recently with her uh talking about like how she had been on screen before this she actually got the call uh for this uh movie while she was on the set of scream like she talks about how she got uh the part for x while she was still filming scream and she was right there with the directors of scream when she got the call and so she was like i already they asked her if like there was any um nervousness with going into this movie before she um did it and she was like well no not really because i'd already done i'd already done scream and i had done a lot of screaming in that movie so she's like it just came natural to me so i think for her it was just like something that like she'd been there done that already with scream so she was ready to do it i think which still even so i'm like screaming i feel like is the hardest part about being a scream queen because like if you can't scream like it's if you can't make that authentic then well that's like if you it's got to be believable it's got to be like because you could scream and it not like it not come off as genuine yeah and she did so good so good but i think like pearl goes in for like how jackson wakes up yeah he hears pearl in the house in the house and so he's up and he like checks everything out doesn't see anything but he sees the light outside and it's Howard and Howard's like oh let's like I can't find my wife and Jackson's like oh we'll find her again then he asks him about the fucking shotgun that he's got he's like oh it's for gators we found him on the on the on the property before and after that he gets in the fucking water I'm like dumb stupid there is there's a lot of gator buildup. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, so like, you know, somebody's going to get got by a gator. And yeah. this is when I thought it was going to happen. Same. Like I thought Jackson was going to get got by the gator. Well, um, when he was like going to get into the water, I was like, sorry, that, that old man would be drowning. I would not be getting in that water. Sorry. Nope, sorry, old man. You're dead. But you're gone for him. Not where, <laughs> like your fun fact where he sees the car, which is like yeah. a reference to psycho. And I hate how Jackson died. I like don't yeah. like that Howard just shot him. Yeah. Because like Jackson was just being like very nice Helpful. and trying to help. Um, but one thing that I do really like about this movie, all the men die before the women. Very true. Yeah. Because you're, you're... you have 
Jenna Ortega, she's locked in the basement. Yeah. And uh Brittany, Brittany Snow is still Snow, asleep. And so is Mia Goth. Like, yeah. so like all the men are like dead. Yeah. And I, I like that. Like that is like new and refreshing that like and it honestly kind of makes more sense. It does. They want to try and like kill the men first who are big and stronger and yeah. could like physically fight them off. Cause like basically all of these deaths with the like, men. Oh, sorry. I think we lagged for a second. Oh no, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Um, I was also going to say like the, the, like what we were talking about earlier, when you brought up the final, the, uh, the, what would you be in a horror movie? And I said, I'd be the final girl unless I was taken by surprise. All three of these men are taken off guard. Every single one of them, like before they can yes. even, like All have them. a chance to defend themselves, which is smart, which is what I love about this movie is because you see this old couple at first and you're like, there's no way they're going to be able to fucking like overpower these, these like younger, healthier, stronger people. But the way that they do it in this movie, which is what I was talking about earlier when I ref made reference to like why certain slasher movies drive me fucking crazy with this kind of stuff. Cause I'm like, there's no way one person is going to take out this entire fucking group of people. And the way they do it sometimes is so unrealistic. But with this movie, this couple is very smart. They use their like old age to their advantage. Like for example, like the next death in the movie is Bobby Lynn's because she goes out to look for Jackson and she's like out on the dock. She sees Pearl out on the dock and Pearl's like putting on this act like she's cold and like she doesn't know where she's at. But then as soon as um, she gets out on the dock and puts the blanket over and her, she's talking to her, all of a sudden Pearl switches and just slaps her in the face. And, and like calls her a bitch and all this Calls her a whore. <laughs> yes. She's like, I don't and need a nurse. <laughs> I, again, I will stand Bobby Lynn until the day that I die because Same. she, you know, she's just trying to be helpful, trying to like do all these things. But as soon as uh, Pearl is nasty to her, Bobby Lynn's like, okay, like, I don't give a shit if you're <laughs> old. Like, I'm gonna give you everything that you are giving to me. Well, and I love how she's still polite about it though. She's like, oh, yeah. now get out of my way, please. <laughs> It's fucking great. It's so good. And I'm just like, yeah. Bobby Lynn, no. no. And she gets pushed into the lake. Cause she's like, move your ugly old bitch. And then she like pushes her. And then th that's when the alligator comes and you're not, cause like you, the alligator was like slow. And then you didn't get any alligator with Jackson. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom alligator and you're like bobby lynn i even remember saying out loud i was like britney snow no, no. <laughs> it's like not britney snow and britney snow talked about like in an interview recently where she like where it was um like an animatronic alligator actually part of it was animatronic part of it was like her stunt person so like there were parts where she um was like in like an actual animatronic alligator's mouth for like a couple of scenes and then she was talking about how like her stunt woman did like all the the um twirling like under the water like the, mm -hmm. uh so i was like that's pretty cool because like that that scene could have easily been like cgi'd which i like that they didn't do that because as you were saying earlier the alligator looked really bad cgi'd earlier <laughs> it did it looked real bad but like i like the scene that they did like practical for it but yeah you just see it fucking like barrel rolling her because that's what alligators and crocodiles do when they get their prey they fucking barrel roll and you just see like her arms flailing and then you just see a bunch of blood <clears throat> oh 
Oh, oh gosh. And then I love how Howard walks up to her afterward and he's like, is that the one? And she's like, you know, I don't like blondes. Blondes. <laughs> I lost it at that. You know, I don't like blondes. Oh yeah. my God. I <laughs> lost it at that line. <laughs> so great. Well, and then I also love how, um, um, in the scene before that, we forgot we forgot to mention the scene with Maxine where she fucking gets into bed with Maxine. Because after Jackson goes out looking for Pearl, Pearl's still in the house and you get that fucking, it's a really like drawn out scene too. Like it doesn't happen quick. Like she's like, she gets into bed with her. She gets back up, rolls over next to her and then just starts touching her with her like bloody hands, which are and just covered in she, RJ's blood. I know she's touching Maxine Mia Goth. Is she also touching herself? That's what I'm wondering. I I thought the more I watched it, I thought maybe she was touching Mia Goth because I feel like you can kind of hear Mia Goth moaning a little that's, bit in her sleep. Something, so I'm like, Ooh. I was like, who is moaning? Is it? What? I was just like, oh. Either way, it's really uncomfortable because if it's Mia Goth moaning, like you know that she's being basically, you know touched down there in that area by this old woman by an old (laughs) woman yeah or if if it's the other way if it's pearl moaning she's pleasuring herself which is really gross too (laughs) yeah so so you get that whole uncomfortable scene which i think for me was the only scene that i was like like as far as like the because you were talking about how like some people were like super grossed out by the old people having sex that scene didn't gross me out as much as the scene with her touching maxine that scene grossed me out i was like oh god i don't like it um and then that's when maxine wakes up and she's like she screams she has a great scream too like when maxine like first screams that's a great scream and that's when oh, Bo- yeah that's when bobby lynn wakes up because she hears maxine screaming so she goes out and the fucking old lady's right there and she just runs out <laughs> um and that's like a jump scare too when they like yeah. run into each other in the thing and now it's just you know you have Lorraine, Jenna Ortega, and Maxine Mia Goth left. Yeah. They are the last two. And uh, Howard and Pearl come back to the house. And so they, they like have a conversation and she's like, fuck me, Howard. And he's like, <laughs> I'm going to have a heart attack if I do it. You know yeah. that. And she's like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> fuck me. Yeah. And they do, which again, good for them yeah horrible situation one I was like how Howard get it up without any like pill unbelievable I don't believe it uh but then so they're like fucking and again Pearl got a bad hip how's she doing like how are they doing all this logistically like because he is like drilling her like he is like I mean like the bed is moving poor Mia Goth is under the bed (laughs) The whole time, Uh, like, listening to this whole thing. Yeah. And I was, like, real anxious because she, like, tries, she, like, gets out from under the bed. And I'm like, well, I guess they're not paying any attention. Yeah. When I Uh, love that overhead shot, too, as she's doing it, because um, it reminded me of that scene in Midsommar when he's fucking the girl inside the temple. Like, the shot was, like, pretty exactly like that so i was like i don't know if that was like a reference to midsummer in a subtle way i was like that shot where they're where the old man and where pearl and howard are fucking like it literally mirrored the scene with um with the guy fucking the girl in the temple 
at the at the end of Midsommar like I was like oh that's kind of cool but then you see like her feet kind of like going around as she's like trying to twirl herself around from under the bed to get out that scene was like really stressful for me too I was like oh god it was so stressful like I didn't think it was gonna be as stressful as it was yeah but she uh we're oh we forgot one thing (laughs) I was like no 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 I was like this happened um Lorraine tries to get this is where what I have an issue with Lorraine again one why'd you get yourself trapped in the basement girly like (laughs) stupid but Lorraine finds a hatchet Mm. and um she's breaking down the door but she breaks down the wrong fucking one why'd you break the panel furthest away from the lock I'll say, I think the reason for that was more of like an artistic choice on the director's side, because I think that was a direct homage to The Shining, because the way that door looks, looks exactly like that bathroom door. Plus, like when she breaks the hole in, it almost looks like the same hole that Jack Nicholson cuts through it. And it's in that same pane. So I don't know if that was why she did it that way, but I would have cut it way closer to the, the I don't cut know. cut it closer to the lock. Like, yeah. I don't know. I had issues with her for that, but she gets her hand oh. smashed um yeah that scene made me cringe I was like I know I was like I was like girl you were dumb for doing the wrong (laughs) panel Um, but uh Mia Garth goes back into the house lets Lorraine out there bickering Lorraine is blaming her and I'm just like Lorraine's like I I hate you I can't believe I listened to you this is your fault like okay sure whatever (laughs) um and then tries to run out the door and immediately gets her face fucking blasted off by Howard which was a great that was great though that was like a great like you see her run out open the screen door to the front porch and then boom and she just like falls fucking flat on the porch it was that was a great shot because I was not expecting that I was not expecting it. I was like, it. oh, that was great. Yeah. Um, ugh, it like, it gave me chills. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about how that scene gave you issues, I think the scene, the part of the scene that gave me issues was when Howard's talking about how, oh, we're just going to drag her inside and make it look like it was a break-in. Like, it's like, uh, do you realize how much fucking carnage you have on the outside of the house that you're going to have to clean up? Like, that makes no sense whatsoever. You Right? Like, you're going to have to clean. You're going to have, and I doubt you guys, either one of you can get on a ladder and scrub the fucking blood splatter that's on the top of the door frame. Sorry. Because <laughs> if you get a shot later on when, like, the sheriffs no. are there and you see, like, all the blood splattered above the fucking, like, porch, like, above the door and all that, and I'm like, there's no way neither one of them were getting on a ladder and cleaning that shit off. <laughs> no. But I was just like, girl what are you doing like yeah um but this is they're trying to pull jenna ortega like into the house and as she's dying she like sputters blood and like (laughs) like scares howard and howard has a heart attack which deserved quite frankly you know yeah uh good for Lorraine (laughs) Um, (laughs) then Mia Goth Maxine comes out and she's like where are the fucking car keys and she has the pistol yeah Yeah, that's unloaded yeah she doesn't know that yeah 
But I love how we as audience members know that because of what Wayne said later or yes. earlier on. So we're like, oh shit, that's not loaded, Maxine. That's not loaded. But I, like, so Maxine, I love that. Girl, you don't know. Yeah. Uh, and Pearl's like, he's dying. And she's like, I'll give a fuck. Like, <laughs> where are the keys? Yeah. And so she grabs the keys and then goes to shoot Pearl and nothing happens. This is this might be the funniest. This is scene so fucking good of the movie, quite frankly, because Pearl gets the gun and like gets the big shotgun, shoots it at Mia Goth, misses because <laughs> she ducks, yeah. but just like the gun yeets Pearl like out of the door, like <laughs> Looney Tunes style, which that can kind of happen my cousin was like she didn't lean into it um <laughs> no she didn't and those fucking guns have kick like i so feel like it would be able to do the same thing to me if i didn't do it right i dislocated my shoulder once because when i was like in sixth or seventh grade uh they let me shoot a 12 gauge and it like recoiled Ooh. and I like almost dislocate like my shoulder was like bruised and nasty and like <sighs> I I was like that old woman and she's like I broke my hip <laughs> okay bitch what do you what do you want me to do I turned to my friend the I think that's like the third time I watched this I turned to my other friend I was like too bad that life alert wasn't around during the 70s she would she could have been able to call life <laughs> alert but too bad <laughs> but this is where we get Mia Goth backing over Pearl's head. Oh. Now I have a question. Mm -hmm. Physics, right? Would a head just pop like that, like a watermelon? Would there be more resistance? Like, mm. do we think that is a actual like? And I don't want to Google it. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to Google images of people's heads. You know, splattered. Right? I'm like. I saw too many people get decapitated in the early versions of the internet. Like, I don't need to see people's heads getting run over. Yeah. But like, I do have questions. <laughs> I, I think it's possible. Um, do I think it's possible to do it the very first time that she runs over her head like that? Because like the very first time it just, pfft, I think maybe the set, if she, because she goes over it again. I think if maybe she had done it the second time, then probably but I feel like the first time might've been a little, but then again, I don't know. Like I said, I don't want to look up videos. Right? Of people. I don't want to No, but like, I feel like, I don't know, like the head is, I mean, the skull is pretty thick, but like with the pressure of a truck running over your head, I feel like it, it's possible. Right. It's got to pop, but Ugh. here's, here's the thing about, uh, this movie is it's kind of a happy ending. Maxine yeah. drives, drives off doing a bunch of cocaine as she's driving <laughs> off. Well, and I love her little and, saying that she says too. And she's like, I will not accept a life I do not deserve. Like, well, that leads like, you know, she says that and the TV preacher who we've been seeing yeah. this whole movie and you gotta, gotta tell him the the twist oh yeah because like during that scene when she's like saying that as at the same time he is i'm like what is that about i was like that that's interesting that she knows what he said because like the, the way they edit it she's like saying it as soon as he's saying it and then you get like after she drives off after killing um pearl she runs over her head and then she drives off and i love how in the truck there's just like a cross like a crucifix hanging from the fucking windshield and i love how like <laughs> on the tv 
uh, that was another like subtle comedy moment for me that I thought was really funny. After Pearl shoots or shoots the shotgun and goes flying out, you get the preacher on the TV again. He's like, well, that's what I call divine intervention. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking great. Um, but then it cuts back to the scene that we saw at the beginning of the movie with the cops and the deputies all like at the house. And you get like the TV <clears throat> with the same preacher, but then you find out you that Maxine is the preacher's daughter which is interesting because it's like the farmer's daughter the preacher's daughter which daughter. is like very like uh reminiscent um but that was like I liked that twist a lot it actually took me completely by surprise not so expecting shocking. it at all yeah like that was a jaw drop moment for me I remember the first time I watched it with my friend I was like oh <gasps> that's cool because they I I thought that they were setting up the whole preacher thing as a as like a commentary which I guess they kind of were in a sense like a social commentary of like the liberals and the conservative side like what people think about like the porn industry like sex in general like people in that like that area of like Texas and stuff like what they think about that so I thought that that's why it was kept like repeating in the background is like maybe like a social commentary of like what people viewed sex as especially like back in that time so I thought it was very subtle that they used it both as a social commentary, but both as like a subtle twist at the end. And I like how there was no buildup to it. There was no like super like huge music, like ping or anything like that. It was just a blink and you'll, a blink and you'll miss it moment essentially. And sometimes I watched it with a couple of people and they didn't catch it at first. Cause I didn't think they registered that that was Maxine right at the beginning. And then they were like, Oh yeah. So like, I like that they didn't throw that twist in your face as like, aha, you know? It was just very subtle. And like, but that's like the end of the movie. Yep. And then you get the after credits like talking about, <laughs> but I, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't stay. So yeah. <laughs> what, what were you going to say? This movie, it was so good. So good. Like I was like my cut, like my cousin and I, like we walked out. She's like, that was really good, but I don't know if I'd see it again. And I was like, I'll definitely watch it again, but I think you've got to be like selective on who you watch it with. Like, I'm not going to watch it with like my really conservative family members Mm -hmm. or like my parents. It'd be really uncomfortable. I'd probably watch it with my dad, but like my mom, definitely not. (laughs) I'd watch it with my parents. I'd be like, get over it. Um, But like, my friends absolutely like they would all all my friends that like horror movies which like I'd be like we need to watch this or like yeah this would be like a fun date movie you know what I mean because like it it's like again horny but not horny but like horny like (laughs) it's literally everything you want from a horror movie you get boobs you get gore you get good characters you get a good you get jokes it's funny like this is a very good date movie yeah yeah speaking of jokes Lorraine makes a real I mean it's not really a joke it's more of a statement but that made it made me laugh out loud when she's like when she's like people aren't seeing aren't here to see whatever they're here to see tits and ass (laughs) (laughs) I love that and I love the whole like scene when they're getting her ready and you get like that like slow motion of him entering the room and she kind of like turns and looks at him and just gives him that like and she looks so pretty she looks too. stunning i was like she are looks... we gonna see jenna ortega naked in this movie so pretty again her <laughs> sunday undies are so perfect i'm like i want these when i frankly, first like 
Well, when I first saw those underwear, I thought they said daddy on them for a second. I was like, oh no. For like half a second, I was like, do those say daddy? And then she she turned around fully and you got like the full like, and I was like, oh, it says Sunday. I was like, that's even better. That's hilarious. I was like, that's so funny. Um, But yeah, I think we covered, I think we covered X pretty well. And that's X. And that's <laughs> X, guys. X. And I love the, I just love the simple name of it, X. Tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> right? Like, it's so good. So good. The, like you were talking about how your cousin that went with you, how she was like, I don't know if I want to see that. I don't know if I'll ever see it again. I literally got out of this movie, Sydney, and wanted to go back in line, buy another ticket for the next showing and go see it again. And that's how much I loved this movie. <laughs> If I didn't have if I didn't have other commitments after going and seeing this movie the first time, I probably would have. So that's how much I loved this movie. I love I, that though. Yeah, I enjoyed the fuck out of this movie. This is like probably in my top ten favorite horror movies of all time now. I think safe to say. But yeah, that that's X, folks. That's uh. So any final thoughts that you had before we get into our ratings, Sydney? I don't think so. I think we honestly thoroughly covered this movie i think we did it pretty good too i don't think we like had any lulls in between i think we it was very smooth sailing all the way through so uh without further ado sydney i'm gonna let you uh give your quality rating and your story rating out of 10 and you can also go on to like explain your reasoning behind the ratings too if you want to okay so story rating the story was very original right yeah I, I like I don't know how I feel about like the old like the motives of Pearl and Howard like I don't think those were like fully fleshed out know what I mean like yeah. they're just killing like because they're horny like they can't do any know what I mean like I would have liked and I guess we'll get that because they're doing a prequel so we are yeah. gonna get it but I think they could have like fleshed out like the killer's motives yeah so i'm gonna give like the story rating like an eight out of ten because like that's fair the story it's original it is it's so creative like it takes a lot of like genre tropes and like does something very different yeah would have like i just think the like the killer's thing could have been fleshed out just like a little bit more like I would have liked to have known and they could have like like given us a little bit like maybe a scene with like Pearl like another scene with like Pearl and Howard like talking about like something <clears throat> or something yeah um I agree right like just like a little 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 bit more of the zest with their give, give them a little bit more of like a motive but I also to play devil's advocate with that, I kind of also like that they're there. It's a little more mysterious because then it gives us more like room for Pearl. Like when we see Pearl, we'll see more of like her and we'll be like, oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. So I think that's what, I think that's what the idea was. was Especially to get... since they knew we're going to be getting a prequel. Yeah. Which means like, you know, I'll be obviously going and seeing Pearl because like, I'd like to know what is like, I want to know what the motives are of, like Pearl and Howard. Agreed. Yeah. I agree. Um, quality rating would just be like overall 
rating for the film? Uh, yeah, qualities like uh, cinematography, acting, um, editing. Yeah. Uh, okay, the acting, 10 out of 10. The acting is so, like, the cast is stacked. They all yeah. did incredibly well. Brittany Snow gets a 20 out of 10. <laughs> Seriously, I love her yeah. so much. She delivers. Um, the editing, the like the film is beautiful too. Yeah. Like um, the shots, the the music, the I will say though, I didn't like I liked the like that back and forth editing. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it with the cows. I was like, eh. I like <laughs> could have done without later. that. I liked it later on in the movie. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like this I can get, but I was like, still don't like it with the cows. Don't know why. Yeah. So the, like the editing, mm. like the cinematography will get a 10 out of 10 for me on that. Like this yes. movie is really well done. It is. And I it love is. the seventies. I love like good, well done seventies period me too. pieces. Me too. Like the seventies is so good. And like, this literally feels, we, we talked about this earlier. This literally feels like a movie from the seventies. Like there were times when I watched this movie and I, I forgot that I was watching a movie that was made in 2022. I was like, Oh, Oh yeah. This isn't a seventies movie. It's like, so that's that good to me. Um, as far as like my story rating goes, I think I'm going to go, I'm going to give it an eight out of 10 as well. Um, I think, it follows it follows a similar pattern with as far as like slasher movies go um but but what we were talking about a little bit earlier is with like the fact that the men all die first i also wanted to bring up something i thought was really clever too is because they take these stereotypes you know the token black guy which is jackson's character the dumb blonde character which is britney snow's character normally they're the first to die in horror movies that's that was usually the standard for slasher films is like the black guy dies first and the blonde the stupid blonde they're one of the last people to die which i really loved that aspect of of that whole like playing a twist on like these tropes and doing it in a very subtle way and not doing like all the in your face shit just loved all of that um i think like like you said as well I think we could have we could have benefited from a little bit more of character development from Howard and Pearl, but as we talked about, I think they're probably going to give us more of that in Pearl. So I'm not too mad about it. It didn't like take anything away from me. I think what they did with like the other characters and like how they made all of, every single one of these characters likable in some way, shape, or form. Even RJ, like there were times when I I sympathized with RJ in a sense, even though like he's the character that you know, is very hypocritical in that one scene. There were scenes where I did like RJ. Um, and like, like I said, not a lot of slasher movies can make me feel sorry for the antagonist. There's not, there aren't very many slasher movies where I actually feel sorry for them. This movie did a really good job at that, where there were moments where you're like, actually feel bad for these people. Um, so for that, I give it like an eight out of 10. I think as far as quality goes, solid 10 out of 10. For me, I think that the cinematography is beautiful. The acting is phenomenal. Um, there were there were just really cool editing choices in this movie. There was one I forgot to bring up in particular where there, there, there's that lemonade scene where Maxine is sitting with Pearl having lemonade, but then at the same time, they're filming a porn scene where Brittany Snow is sitting across the, 
across the table from Kid Cudi's character, and they're like going back and forth almost seamlessly. Like this, this the way they filmed that is so cool to me. That was a good scene. Yeah, and I like how like the steady build up with the music in that scene. Um, it gave like a very creepy. Um, yeah, just all around this movie is a near perfect movie aside from a couple of things that, you know, I kind of found to be a little nitpicky, but even then didn't take me. It's it's being nitpicky. Know what I mean? Like there isn't any like major things of it being wrong. Like exactly like, eh, eh. Just little things that you pick up on that you're like, it didn't take away from my experience. So, (laughs) but, um, what, is your favorite and least favorite scene okay my least favorite scene is the dead cow i hated it it was i hated it it was gnarly it was was slightly unnecessary it was like unnecessary know what i mean hated it and like i don't eat (laughs) i don't eat beef or pork so i was just like dead cow (laughs) like no well, and I'm sorry, but I kind of thought it was funny how the truck driver's like shoveling the fucking carnage off the road. Oh, it was very funny, but also just like, what the fuck? I hated this. It was pretty, pretty gnarly. Favorite scenes. There's so many. I know. <laughs> any, any scene with Britney Snow. That's what like, I was going to say. Can I say any scene with Bobby Lynn in it? <laughs> any scene with Bobby Lynn in it. Like she is just so good. and. she's my favorite death too like even though I loved her so much like her death was worthy of her yes like funny so bad for her (laughs) oh my god I was just like my girl no she should have her it there should have been two girls to live and it should have been both of them I agree and then they could have been lovers oh they could have that's gone on. Gonna, they could have gone on to make, make a lesbian gayer. porn. Yes, they could have gone on to make the farmer's daughters. The farmer's but, daughters. Yeah, but without the farmer. The farmer's stepdaughters. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, maybe not make it incestuous, but maybe like stepdaughters. It's, it's there. You know. Yeah, the farmer's stepsisters. Like yeah. They. You know. Yeah. It would have been a hit. I love that. Um. <laughs> um I think I'm gonna say like my least favorite that's tricky my least favorite scene I would say my least favorite scene it wasn't a bad scene by any means it was the only it was like the scene that like made me the most uncomfortable and I guess that's why it's my least favorite is the scene where she's like in bed touching Maxine I think that's my least favorite scene just for the simple fact that like it had me like squirming in my seat because I was just like oh that makes me so uncomfortable it was a great scene though because it made me feel that way. Like I love going to movies and feeling that way. But like at the same time, I was like, it was very prolonged. I was like getting to a point where I was like, okay, I'm really like grossed out. Um, so that scene. "Mm, No, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I think as far as favorite scenes go, like you said, every scene with Britney Snow in it. Every scene with Britney Snow in it. She deserves. But I think my favorite, favorite scene, if I had to pick one, is probably the scene with Maxine where she's in the lake with the alligator, just because that scene was so, and the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, shit. Like, it made me, it it triggered me because I'm scared of shit like that. Like, I'm scared of swimming in open water because I'm like, 
one, I don't care yeah. if I'm in a lake, a river, an ocean, whatever. I'm always in a, I'm always imagining that there's something in there bigger than me that can eat me. And so like yes. when I watched that scene the first time, even like the other times I watched it, I was still like on the edge of my seat, even though I knew she was going to get out in time. But it just, for me, I was like that fear of like being in open water with things that I don't know are in there. I'm like, nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> I don't like the ocean for like that. I fucking very- hate the ocean. Fuck like, the ocean. No, thank you. Sorry. I would rather go into space before I would go down in the ocean. I don't like either of them. I don't like either of them either. But if I had to choose, like if somebody was like, choose one, I'd go to space first. Because at least we know more about our solar system than we do about we the We know ocean. more about space than we do the ocean. <laughs> this is really sad <laughs> and really terrifying to me. Um, but yeah, that, uh, do you think, uh, another question I forgot to add on to the outline is, do you think that it deserves the IMDb score that it got, or do you think it should be higher or lower? Cause it got a 7.3. I think that is, I think it could be a little bit higher, but yeah. I could see why like some people might not like this movie. Yeah. They're wrong, but I can see yeah. why people- <laughs> I not like this movie. That's why I told my friend Kari on the phone the other night. I was like, have you seen this movie yet? And she's like, no, but I saw that somebody po- gave it a, like a two out of five stars on Letterboxd. And I was like, I mean, that's their opinion, but they're wrong. We'll just say that. They're wrong. <laughs> I was like a two out of five. Okay. <clears throat> that's fine. I was <laughs> only a little bit sure. miffed about it, but it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think some it- people just can't have taste. Okay. Some people just don't, you know, have taste in cinema, I guess. Exactly. It's whatever, you know, just too bad for you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, I think I would give it at least an eight out of 10. I think I'd give it a solid eight because I think with our ratings, I think it averages out to about an eight out of 10, I would say maybe even an 8.5. I would say eight, 8.5 out of 10. I think this is a good movie. Like this is yeah. a solid, it's not an A plus movie, but it's definitely a solid A movie. 100%. Yeah. I, I loved this movie and I loved, I also love the fact that A24 <laughs> produced this movie. Cause I was like, this is not an A24 typical type of movie, which I love that they're like branching out and doing all these different things. So kudos to them. Loved it. This was <sighs> one of the best movies I've ever seen. I love it so much. So I mean, you yeah. did see it four times. <laughs> I did. I might even go see it tomorrow too. Oh, so I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, is there, is there anything else you wanted to bring up about X before we wrap it up? No, just that Bobby Lynn is an absolute queen. She's an icon. Icon. An icon. Yes. I love her. She is the moment. She is the queen of everything. She's now. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, before we go, Sydney, would you like to quickly, um, uh, would you like to plug in your podcast one more time for the listeners so they can know where to find you and all that jazz? Yes. Okay. So I'm one third of the hosts of Spooky Tuesday and you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Spooky underscore Tuesday. We're also on TikTok. Um, I think, I don't know. We're on TikTok, YouTube, Tumblr, Letterboxd. 
very nice. I don't nice. know what they are. Like, don't <laughs> ask me. Oh God, Monica and Chelsea are going to be so mad at me. Um, <laughs> but it's Spooky Tuesday, Spooky Tuesday pod. You can listen to us. We are, I think we're funny, but I could be biased. So I think you're funny too. So I endorse that. <laughs> I, I completely endorse that statement. 100%. <laughs> This was so much fun. It was. And I'm so glad that you were like willing to do the cosplay too. Cause I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we are the farmer's daughters today. <laughs> Us, the farmer's daughters. <laughs> this is a look girl. Like, these are looks. I love this for us. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being on the episode. I love you to death, Sydney. And I cannot wait for you to come back on again. Um, for the listeners, you can find me at the We Love Horror Podcast on Instagram. Um, we Love Horror Pod at gmail.com if you want to email me. Uh, I do have merch. I do have merch. Link in my Instagram description. So that's exciting. Um, I have a couple new designs coming out. So, Ooh. yes. So look out for that. And then, um, yeah, you can rate me and review me on Apple Podcasts. I hope you will because that definitely helps my podcast grow and please be ever so generous as to go give spooky tuesday a five-star rating and review on apple Podcasts as well because they are fantastic and they deserve all of your love and support so if you have not listened to spooky tuesday please go listen to them because they are fucking amazing so (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah we will catch you guys next time hopefully you enjoyed the episode and uh see you guys later bye bye darling (laughs) 